Greetings and welcome to Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank, where we uncover hidden gems of understanding in the Word of God. Did you know that Jesus referenced the great flood of Noah's day to describe the world's unrepentant state before his second coming? There are vital lessons for our day from Jesus relating this story. Skeptics today question whether this flood ever occurred, stating it was legendary or merely symbolic. Others may accept its reality, but challenge whether the flood was universal or only local. There is a direct and conclusive way for Christians to verify the details of this Genesis account by closely reading the New Testament. This Digging Deeper delves into the New Testament's reference to this dramatic story to motivate humanity to heed Jesus' warnings about world conditions before his return. The first passage that mentions the flood in the New Testament. The great flood of Noah's day, sometimes referred to as the Genesis flood or Noah's flood, is mentioned in six New Testament passages. The first is, But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came, and took them all away. So shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Matthew 24 36 to 39, KJV throughout. Notice that Jesus affirmed that such a flood actually occurred and that it took them all away. This story was quite familiar to his listeners since he did not have to recount the entire drama. Vine's complete expository dictionary of New Testament words states that the Greek word translated flood is kataklusmas, a deluge akin to cataclyso, to inundate, is used of the flood in Noah's day, Matthew 24, 38-39, Luke 17, 2 Peter 2, 5. End of quote. Noah's flood was a cataclysmic deluge of the entire planet. Many Jews of the time thought the flood prefigured the day of judgment to come. The King James Study Bible comments on these verses, quote, we are given a comparison to the days of Noah, Noah and the flood, which illustrate and prefigure the condition of humanity at the time of Christ's return. The last generation, like the one in Noah's day, is pleasure-oriented and self-gratifying by eating and drinking. The reference to marrying and giving in marriage may refer to carrying on the normal course of life without heeding the impending judgment. End of quote. As in Noah's day, people will be unprepared for the destruction to come due to neglecting God's warnings. R.C.H. Lenski, in his commentary on the New Testament, wrote, In the days preceding the deluge, men were wholly unconcerned. They spent the 120 years which God had fixed as the limit of his grace, eating, a word meaning to munch, audible eating, as in John 6, 54-58 and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, as though no judgment were impending. These are neutral actions that are not sinful in themselves, but they obtain a sinister significance 
when the total disregard of God's warnings is observed, which underlies this conduct. These men should have repented in sackcloth and ashes. End of quote. The second passage is, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and the flood came and destroyed them all. Luke 7, 26 and 27. When he said it destroyed them all, Jesus considered it a universal flood since he used it as a historical precedent for a massive destruction of the world's population at its return, resulting from open sin. The NIV Cultural Backgrounds Study Bible notes, quote, Ancient Jewish sources depicted Noah's generation, Genesis 6, 11 to 13, and Sodom, Genesis 18, 20, and 19, 4 to 9, sometimes together as the epitome of evil. The point here is that they thought only of life as usual, and sudden judgment took them by surprise. Genesis 7, 21 to 23, and 19, 24 to 25. End of quote. Sudden destruction will catch most people unprepared at Jesus' return. R.C.H. Linsky in his commentary on the New Testament described the people of Noah's day, quote, they disregarded absolutely all warning and lived on as though the warnings meant nothing. The four verbs which are without connectives are dramatic. All are in perfect tenses to express customary actions. It is a masterly description of the blind, secure, unbelieving, ungodly generation of Noah's day, whose successors are with us now and shall fill the world when the Son of Man comes. End of quote. The third passage is, By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. Hebrews 11, 7. The KJV Study Bible notes, quote, Noah was asked by God to do in faith things that were incongruous with his former experience. He had never seen rain, Genesis 2, 5. And yet God told him to build an ark because of a coming flood, Genesis 6, 13 to 17. End of quote. The New King James Study Bible adds further, quote, Noah had never seen, verse 1, the flood God revealed to him. Yet he believed God in spite of this and heeded his warnings. His faith not only saved him from the deluge, but also from God's judgment, for he became an heir of righteousness, end of quote. The fourth passage is, quote, which sometime were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved. The like figure whereunto even baptism does also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21. The Holman KJV Study Bible explains, quote, Noah and his family were saved by water or brought safely through the flood waters, whereas the wicked were destroyed. Genesis 7, 22 to 23. Baptism in the New Testament corresponds to this Old Testament event in that both involve breaks from past lives and a fresh start 
and entrance into new life. End of quote. The fifth passage is, And spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. 2 Peter 2.5 The New King James Study Bible comments, quote, Noah is called a preacher of righteousness because his righteous life put to shame the immoral lives of his neighbors. Noah's building of the ark would certainly have given him the opportunity to explain the coming judgment and to invite people to repent and believe in God. But his entreaties fell on deaf ears, just as the truth of Christ's atonement fell on the deaf ears of the false teachers of Peter's day. Such indifference and unbelief brought the ungodly of Noah's world to certain destruction. End of quote. The sixth and final passage is, For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. 2 Peter 3.6 In his Days of Praise article for February 5, 2018, John Morris wrote, quote, Peter uses extraordinary language. The word overflowed in today's verse translates the mighty Greek word kataklizo, from which we get our word cataclysm. In the Greek New Testament, this word is only used to refer to Noah's flood. Matthew 24, 38 to 39, Luke 17, 27, and 2 Peter 2, 5, end of quote. This is the word described earlier in this article. The New King James Study Bible additionally notes, quote, The scoffing teachers would choose to overlook events such as creation and the flood. The people of Noah's time did not believe in Noah's warning because they had never experienced a flood. End of quote. To summarize the importance of the words of Jesus and the New Testament apostles, Henry Morris, in his Days of Praise article for January 30, 2018, wrote, quote, This is what Jesus said and what he believed, and therefore those who are truly his disciples must also believe this. The destructive effects of the flood can still be seen today, not only in the biblical record, but also in the abundant evidences of cataclysmic destruction in the rocks and fossil graveyards all over the world. To refuse this evidence, as do many modern intellectuals, can only be because they are willingly ignorant. As Peter said in referring to his testimony, 2 Peter 3, 5. Christians need only go back to the New Testament's affirmation in the first century that the flood was real and globally destructive. Contrary to what some claim, there is ample biblical and geological evidence of a global flood. Faith in the words of Christ who inspired the New Testament settles the matter satisfactorily for those who claim to be his disciples. Jesus referenced the flood account to warn people not to avoid his call for repentance, as people did in the time of Noah. Believers who heed God's word and respond like Noah will find grace in the eyes of the Lord. Genesis 6, verse 8. This has been Digging Deeper with Kenneth Frank. To learn more about the Bible and living a godly life, go to Living Education 
at lcgeducation.org. Sponsored by The Living Church of God.